0: WWE 2K20. They need to catch up. That'll make more sense if you look at the thumbnail. Yep. Figured. Hello and welcome to Triangle Square to PlayStation podcast. I'm your host Brett Beck and
1: alongside me as always, Mr. Saul Bridges bringing you guys lucky episode 134.
0: 134. Like we said, we are a PlayStation-based podcast, but we do talk about all the gaming companies, things we'd like to see them do um, that PlayStation's doing, things that we see them doing that we wish PlayStation would do, all that stuff uh, if we want to see PlayStation avoid their pitfalls or whatever. Uh, But of course, you can find us every Monday in video format over on YouTube at 10 a.m pst and 12 p.m cst uh and if you like what we're doing over there and want to get involved with the topics that we're talking about or be part of our community's take section where we ask the community uh a question and then get their feedback that we cover in the beginning of the next episode then we'd love to hear you from you down in the comments below if you don't do youtube or prefer to listen to podcasts uh, instead of just watching them you can find us over on podcast services be it itunes google play music podbean if you do podbean then of course you can uh Go download the app, let you communicate with us through there. There is a comment section if you want to get in your stuff over there. But if you want to find us and chime in to all these things, of course, you can do so by going to our social media, which is Twitter at SQRD. We have a Facebook group called Triangle TriangleSquared, a PlayStation podcast. And, of course, we have a Discord uh, with our day-to-day, moment-to-moment lives in there. Uh, Saul has not been in too much as he's adapting to his new his new life.
1: Well, it's not even that. I just can't get on my phone during the day. (laughs) It's something You're adapting to your new life.
0: Used to you were at a job where if you had little moments, you could,
1: but it's actually a a hard rule. (laughs) Now I can pop in at 10 a.m., noon o'clock, and then 3 (laughs) p.m., and then after 5, since I get off every day at 5 now, or 5-ish. Sometimes we get off a little bit later waiting for trucks, but no yeah. big deal on that.
0: Uh, anyway, uh, of course, if you want to go and join the Discord, we have a general chat where we just talk with everybody in the community who decides to hop in there. We do have a podcast open discussion channel, so you can come in and talk about anything we talk about in the podcast and share your thoughts in it, and we'll be happy to go back and forth with you on those. Uh, of course, you can go to the community's take section there and put your feedback in for the community's take section there, as well as a bunch of other channels that we do for different stuff with. If you want to talk about music that you like and stuff, that's perfectly fine. We have... Stuff where we talk about the PS plus games and if anybody wants to play together we have a little PS plus pals thing um that we have in. And of course, we just have a great community over there and across all of our stuff. So thank you guys, of course. It's time to get I said of course way too many times. I gotta I gotta pull that back. Of course. I'm sorry, of course. But uh, we got to start this show off the way that we always do before we get into our main topic, which, uh, you know what, Saul, I'm going to let you dish into what the main topic is loosely about, your little synopsis, before we go into our normal opening.
1: Sure. So, you want to do it now?
0: Yeah, I mean, just a,
1: just a quick synopsis oh, so yeah. people who know, so if you
0: keep listening, this is what you'll eventually hear about, as well as some news
1: and stuff. So, Bully 2 finally came out, and it looks a lot like Bully 1.
0: <laughs> <laughs> is that what we're going to call that? Yeah.
1: Okay. No, Yeah uh very famous wrestling game wwe uh well yeah they release games uh, yearly and uh we got this yearly's iteration and it's terrible looking looks like a ps2 game maybe a late in ps2 game early in ps3 game at least in some parts not all the game looks terrible there are some redeemable parts but uh yeah we're gonna get into why we think that that's just not right for a 60 dollar game and why we have standards and why uh we're not even really fans of wwe anyways but well we won't be Uh, playing it or you know what our thoughts on the matter this would have been a good episode to have jonathan on for like five minutes talking about too
0: (laughs) yeah because he's somebody who actually dives into those games pretty much really deeply they they may skip a year but i mean they normally play into them very well but they like wrestling and that's just something that i feel like even though it's a huge part of our generation we just completely kind of i'm not gonna say missed
1: I played one wrestling game. We were
0: in it just for a little bit, and then we were easily able to get out.
1: I don't remember, I don't even remember why we got a wrestling game on Nintendo 64, but we got a wrestling game, and I don't was remember it, what was it was. the SmackDown 64 game? Maybe. Uh, I could play a Sting with a baseball bat. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much what I remember about that. But I think we got it at a Game Exchange, maybe. like We were like, oh, this is going to be a fighting game or something. Yeah, and
0: it had a blue cover. I can't remember the actual thing of it. I don't it. remember that, no. Oh, God, come on. What was it? It was a... Uh... Nintendo 64 wrestling game. You'll probably find it that way. Yeah, because I I remember I played a couple of them myself. There was oh yeah, WCW uh, NWO Revenge. That was one of them. WWF Attitude. I forgot that was back when it was Worldwide or World Wrestling Federation instead of whatever it is now, World Wrestling Entertainment. I don't know. Enterprises. I don't know. There goes WrestleMania 2000.
1: That might be what it was.
0: WWF No Mercy. I'm sure
1: someone's played it before. If you've played it and you know what game I'm talking about, let me know. 'Cause um
0: there's one that I just can't see on here that I swear had like a which just No Mercy one's got a blue uh blue case, but I'm just not remembering exactly what it is.
1: Oh let's see, what does WWE stand for? People who love wrestling love us right now. World Wrestling Entertainment, yeah.
0: Yeah, I figured as much. And I might be wrong on what WWF stood for. But anyway, the stock price high. is only
1: sixty seven dollars.
0: Well there you go. Didn't know that. Maybe that's an enterprise we should invest in, even though we have no care for it. You no know Billy Corgan from the Smashing Pumpkins owns a wrestling. Like leak?
1: I did not. That's weird.
0: Yeah, pretty interesting thing. Um, but all this little short asides, uh, gone and through. Going to start to show off the the real way, and that is Saul with your
1: new schedule and adjusting to what. I actually, that is. seen you a lot this week. You've seen me a ton <laughs> this week. Uh, yeah, which that's that's which the, which the cool thing about working with, like with you. Pretty much is that I've seen you at least three three days out of the week so far. Yeah. But um yeah, so I am adjusting to like a newer sleep schedule in a way. Like I'm trying to go. Uh, to sleep a little bit earlier. Um, I'm trying to make it so that Monday through Friday, the latest I stay up is 11 because then that still gets me six hours of sleep because I have to wake up at 5. And I'm fine on six hours of sleep, but not daily. Um, so I've been kind of just sitting on the couch a lot. I've been playing um, Dragon Quest 11 um, on my Switch. And I did dive into Destiny one two nights out of this week for a little bit, about two, three hours each time. Got off around 8.30 or 9.00 and I started around... 5 30 or 6 but that's really been it those two games I haven't really dubbed into anything else um, there's not much coming up this this time around and those are pretty much going to be the two games I'm going to keep playing for the most part uh, well leading good, into November I'm yeah, assuming until next month when sword and shield and death Stranding come out
0: well you do have are, are you
1: picking up modern warfare at launch because that is this month. I kind of, yeah, it's 24th, isn't it?
0: 25th? 25th, I think. Is okay. a, that'd be a Friday release, if so.
1: Yeah, I mean, I might. Um, I know Eric's going to play it, and I know Gavin's probably going to play it, so I'll at least have two people to play with. And that might be a good little break from Destiny, because...
0: Oh, you know what's interesting about that? Uh, the, the real question is, because I haven't really talked to you about that. Have, with the new update coming into Destiny, have you been playing any more of Destiny's competitive modes? Or has it really been more of the different... I mean, actually, actually, cause You always rotated through them for the weeklies and stuff like that, but now that everything's a little different and how that happens, do you find yourself just on your own with no... Extra incentive? Are you just playing? Well, more it's actually of the
1: competitive? really easy to level up? So <laughs> Destiny has two experience modes for PvP. They okay. have Glory, which is competitive, and they have Valor, which is non-competitive.
0: And Valor is what they've always had, right? Yeah.
1: So Glory is a new one. I'm pretty sure, yeah. Um, and now it's essentially like where you used to be able to like lose a game, you'd lose tons of Valor points. It takes 2100 to get to the most common uh level called fabled Mm -hmm. and that's where you get a lot of the good stuff like recluse that submachine gun that everybody pretty much needs to have that's how you get that gun that's the only requisition to getting that and it used to be that you get to 1700 or 1800 instead of 2150 which is uh fabled and if you lose a match you drop down to like 1500 it gets real hard right at the 1700 mark and uh it was so hard that i literally paid attention to
0: that so does the point deficit that happens if you lose expand at the higher levels like at the lower levels, do you use, do you lose less points if you lose a game? And as you I think it's just to easier
1: up? to go up earlier than you more than I don't think you lose any more points. I think it's just easier to go up when you're lower versus when you're when you're up. Well, there. I guess what I mean is you also level. fight a lot harder opponents because you're up there. You're getting up there with the good with the good people. You're
0: scaling. Okay, that's what I was gonna say. Is why yeah. is it getting harder? So you're not.
1: Yeah, you're not losing more points per se, but um, the matchmaking is you're happening losing in way. more often. Um, yeah. But now. Instead of losing 200, 300 points, 500 points, when you lose, you lose like 50. So okay. you could be at seventeen fifty, and you go back down to 1700. You win a game, you're going to go up to 21. Like if, you, if you're on a streak. Okay. Um, so
0: essentially, I guess Destiny's trying to do something to make their multiplayer, or I should say their, their competitive guns a little easier to get to, or a little more accessible. Because yeah. there's a big reason why I never did a lot of them. It's like, I don't care for the multiplayer that much. And that means that I'm definitely not going to do and do what Gavin was doing and just grinding for this gun. Oh, no, dude. But um, I don't really care. You know, it's like, I don't need that gun that bad. Not enough to make me play the game in a way that's going to make me hate the game.
1: There was a Sunday or a Saturday night that I got, I got off work. Uh, For my old job, and I always got off around four. And Saturday nights would typically be date nights, and uh, Annie went to bed around eight thirty. And I went in there, and I was playing with Joe and Gavin. And I literally stayed online until four thirty a.m. I had to work at seven thirty the next day. Sure, I had to stay online at four thirty or four in the morning to get to that to get. Uh, Recluse, which is to get up to legend, oh yeah, and then Luna's Howl. before that last reset, yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. Um, and well, it wasn't even really before the last reset; it's just that I got into a groove and I'm like, I want to get this by the end of the night. Um, for an example, now that the s- season has reset, I have gone from zero to about 1800 just today. Okay, I'm not really trying either.
0: Yeah,
1: I only played for like four hours today. So, God, if that, I don't actually, I don't think I played for four hours. I woke up at six thirty. We got donuts. I got online probably around nine after my shower. Played till twelve ish. Uh, no I played till like eleven thirty. And then I went in there and I was like I was trying to look around for something to eat. So yeah, I only played for two and a half hours. Um but yeah, that's that's pretty much been it and I've been enjoying those two games a lot. What about you? What have you been playing?
0: Um I got to and i <laughs> gotta watch my ums. But I was playing uh, Borderlands three and the thing is, like, I, this actually happened before we started recording last time, but I was trying not to just wallow in my anger. Uh, and what got, what happened was I was playing, and I, we, we talked about it before we started recording. The One of the vault monsters was just a really long fight for me, partially because at this point in the game, I've not been doing a lot of grinding to get certain legendaries or epics or whatever they're called in that game, uh, the yellow ones. But what ended up happening, 25 minutes into this fight, which was already, I was doing fine. It wasn't hard at all. My damage output just wasn't what it felt like it needed to be. And whenever I died or actually I didn't die whenever the game crashed, I had to completely restart that. And I was almost at the very end. He had like maybe I'd say an eighth of his final health bar. I was almost done. And then it crashed on me and I went and looked it up. I was, I was upset. I was like, this is ridiculous. It really pulled me away from the game. I looked it up. It's a problem. If you have FL, 4k or flak in the game and, it's something that I saw a big threat upon where people were saying, if you didn't have certain legendaries with him, your output for some reason was just weird. And that even, and I mean, I was even using things like he's a big tree. So I was using flame weapons and they were doing somewhat extra damage, but damage, but it still wasn't enough. So it ended up kind of pulling me away from the game. And I ended up buying uh, infamous first light because I've been on this thing of like, well, if I find myself in a dead time, games i've enjoyed in the past i might as well go back and try the dlc so of course i started with first light i knew it was a smaller experience i played that all the way through to get in the platinum Mm -hmm. so that was my 63rd platinum i want to say yeah i saw that on twitter and from there i also at the same time ended up buying slain back from hell which i did or yeah i think that's what it's called Uh, i did end up playing it a little bit and it's fun it's a little simpler but i just wasn't vibing with it as much as i was hoping for i only paid like $2 Two dollars for it so I'm not really upset and it's on Vita cross by title so I can play it on Vita as well haven't played anything else really on Vita what I did end up doing finally after kind of being in a funk after first light not knowing what I wanted to play is I've landed on two of our community members uh, mr. RJ Loki and uh, one of our patrons uh, mr. Porter Derek Porter he they both agreed to get on and help me burn through that boss so that hopefully I can kind of get back into wanting to play Borderlands and actually finish the game um, so I'm waiting. For a good time for me to do that. This weekend was so busy for me. But I did start on Thursday or Friday, Legend of Zelda, Link's Awakening finally. So, What do you think of it so far? Uh, fine. There's little things I, I'm, I'm a little, like, I don't get why I can't run. It just feels like I move a little too slow in the game. And I'm hoping that's something that's dealt with later. You get the Pegasus boots. That's what I thought, but yeah. I couldn't remember. Yeah. It's been so long since I've remotely played that game. Mm-hmm. So I've been like, is there a reason you can't run at the beginning? Do you get it's boots later? It's just into the past. Yeah. That's what I thought. Um, so thank you for confirming that because I really did. I like I'm
1: pretty sure you get the item to run later. Yeah. It just
0: kind of feels like I'm trudging through. You the get game a majority
1: right of uh, links to the past items in that game. That's a very similar game yeah. to that. Um, past that though, uh,
0: I, there's. There's a weird focus thing that they do to the where blur. the top and the bottom have that blur. And I wish I could turn it off because the main problem I have with it is if you're standing still, it looks good. It puts things into a focus. The moment you start moving, it looks like it's interlacing. I saw And it creates like a flickering
1: I saw, on like, those parts uh, of the screen for me. Somebody on are you playing on TV too? No, I am playing entirely on I saw somebody on Reddit mention that and I didn't even this was after I got to play the game. I'd never even like I'm I'm sure that it's there and like I just never noticed it.
0: Yeah. I could show you what I mean. It's it's distracting if I try and look at any other part of the screen. If I'm looking dead center, it's fine, but I never do that in games. It's weird. I like to I like to sometimes be going a certain way and then looking a different way real quick just to kinda of look at stuff. Yeah. And it just bothers me a little bit. Um and past that the game has got a little bit of performance problems. It, it kinda hiccups every now yeah, and then. Yeah, I'm
1: telling you that it, that frame rate problem it has is weird. Yeah. That's one of I don't the reasons even... it pulled away from game of the year for me is like it's just the, every now and then like when you transfer a new area, they're just literally thirty frames. And it, it cuts exactly two thirty frames when it goes into those into those new areas. So it's almost like that there's something there that they left out. Like they were supposed to have something, a transition effect or something that yeah. they had to prop or something. I don't know. But it's it's weird. It's almost not a technical glitch. It's just like and it's it, intended but it, you're you right the weird part intended.
0: is that it drops from 60 to 30 which the thing is 30 doesn't feel wrong at all you know it's the, when you start getting under 30 is when you get a feeling of like well this is just literally not working but is it going under 30 for you no oh, okay. it's just flipping between 60 and 30 yeah and that feels like because it, it literally cuts the game speed in half yeah it, but it makes yeah it makes it feel like your movement suddenly not as responsive yeah and it may, it's it's something i've seen other games do here and there but i really wish that they wouldn't you, you, you need to dedicate to a and, and, I'm, and I knew that they intended to, and I don't know if this is something they try to fix. I did update the game before I started playing it, and I hoped that, that would have fixed it, because I remembered you mentioning it. Yeah. But I've seen other games do this, to where they'll dedicate to 60 frames per second in certain areas, but then they'll cut to 30 in others. And I'm like, you can't do that from a consistency experience.
1: Didn't you say Control had a weird thing, like when you paused?
0: Yeah, but it wasn't, that game wasn't 60. That game was a 30. But for whatever reason, the way the pause is set up, if you haven't played control, I'm hoping that this is something that's been dealt with, as there's been performance patches that have actually imp- apparently improved all of that, as well as some actual graphic things. But in that game, whenever you'd be fighting, and it only it was, well, it was kind of across the board, but it only mattered when you were fighting. If you, for some reason, had to impromptu uh, pause during a fight, then what you'd deal with as soon as you unpaused was I'd say down to 15 frames per cool. second for like two seconds. Or maybe even a second. Weird, But it's just enough to, when you think that you're going to unpause and go right back in. You, know, you you ever play games and you pause them and you're like, as soon as I unpause, I know exactly what to do. Yep. This game doesn't offer you that because you think you know exactly what to Where do. but delay? Yeah, and it's like, okay. Weird. Now I couldn't do it. So it just kind of made me like, I hate that. It's kind of like Greedfall would not let you pause during cutscenes, And sometimes I have a little kid that's running in uh, close to bedtime when I start playing. And then she's running in during dialogue. Or Hannah would start trying to show me something on her computer or on her phone. And I'm like, please shut the hell up. I I, I know that I'm asking you a lot. And I can normally pause during these games. But I told them time and again, like, hey, unfortunately, this game does not let me pause here. So I felt that way during Control. A game that otherwise lets you pause during everything. But if I paused, I suffered the consequences.
1: Uh, Do you know, like when you're playing a new game, I'm always worried because some games have it so that if you press options or the touchpad, it just skips the cutscene where some has it where it actually pauses the cutscene and you never know what you're going to get until yep. you accidentally mess up. Yep. I hate that. I'll
0: give *Greedfall* its its benefit. When you go to hit start to try and pause during a cutscene, it would say hold this button to skip the cutscene because that's what it thought you were trying to do. But I'm like, no, please, I want to understand and hear the dialogue. Just let me pause it so that if something comes up, I can handle it at the speed in which I need to do it. I really want to play this game
1: eventually. I think. Oh, Greedfall. Yeah, I may start that this week sometime.
0: I really think you'll like it, and I think that you'll understand what I mean by like the areas that it's a little deficit in are are so non consequential in comparison to everything else it, it excels in. Mainly just because of how uncommon the things that it excels in are in video games this generation, for sure. Hmm. So I'm hoping you enjoy it. I mean, it's. Like I said, it's not game of the year for me, but it's going to be one of those games where even some of the games that are game of the year contenders, I actually think I might remember it better than those just for the fact of how uh, how much it caught me off guard. Yeah. So it's it's kind of like one of those things where it, it, I always say it's like, it's a little different for that, but anything is always like, I call it the roadhouse effect. When you go to roadhouse and you're like, hey, how long is it going to be? And you go thir- they go 35 minutes and you go Ooh, okay i guess i'm gonna con- i'm gonna uh, go ahead and put myself here for 39 minutes i'm gonna go ahead and say i'm doing it but then you sit down and like 15 minutes in, they're like beck party of three and you're like oh hey i never had that happen to me before oh it happens to me every time I'm I've, the person ever, if I've ever had to wait at roadhouse I have never waited the length of time that they said. That's why I kind of give them. But I also know that if it's crazy busy, I don't even give it a try. But yeah. if it's in between and then I go in and they say it's going to be 30 minutes, I'm like, that really means 10. But you still have that thing in your mind of, well, they said 30, so whenever it hits 12 minutes and they call you, you have that thing of like, hey, look at
1: that. Maybe this Friday I will be able to go.
0: Yeah, we'll see. But either way, I just like it. It's where a game subverts your expectation yeah they set one expectation but then you start doing you're like oh okay this is great so i think you will enjoy it and i'm i'm I'm, i'd be curious to see your thoughts mirrored off of what mine were And we'll go from there. But uh, that's about it. I do have plans to start playing some other games. I'm trying to go out and figure out which ones I want to play first. Uh, One of our patrons, uh, Mr. Dylan Kirby, uh, one of our newest patrons, thanks, man, he uh, suggested that I start playing Yakuza 0, which I don't have Yakuza 0, but I do have Kiwami, and I've had it downloaded and was going to start playing it before I had a number of people tell me not to start playing it because... the mechanics are apparently a little bit older because it's a remake of a game. So they tried to make the mechanics and stuff a little bit more tied into the original release. Whereas zero has got apparently a real, a stronger narrative, but also newer mechanics that feel a little bit less dated. And I've been told that from a lot of people, but I also think it's the people and I get this across the board. I think every group of game or everything is different for everybody to where if you're coming in later and playing them, people still want you to play them chronologically, even though they didn't release that way. So it's like, Yakuza 0 came out way after all these other Yakuza's. I think it came out after Yakuza 5, if I'm remembering correctly. But it might have been... Yeah, I think that's right. Because it came out after 5, before 6. And I'm being told to play it because chronologically it's the most important. But the chances of them having played it chronologically are almost zero. Because it's just... If you've been a fan of the series for such a long time but I, I get it. Cause I've seen people say that too. Like well, if you're just now coming into the devil may cry or Metal Gear solid, play them in this order because it's going right. to make the most sense. And I even say that myself with things like birth by sleep, but here's the real truth. As much as I am going against something I've said here and there and I've been picking up on that myself you can play a lot of these games in any order because the truth is they released in a, an odd order so playing them in an odd order doesn't really matter most people who played them day one are playing them in an odd order anyway yeah whereas i get the want in your head to say like oh if you've never played kingdom hearts this is going to be the best way to move you in but i actually think that's a bad idea yeah, sometimes don't don't because play odd order yeah, sometimes you're actually gonna go where you play like a game like Birth by Sleep, you get used to the way that they handled the skill bar, then you go back to Kingdom Hearts 1, you're like, oh man, this weird camera, thankfully they fixed that on the PS3 version. But it's like, used to, it's like, well now you have to get used to using the camera in a specific way, using the commands in a different way. So, Across the board, I will very likely start Yakuza Kiwami just to see if I like series. If I end up, I'll beat it. Then I may go back and play Zero and and buy them that way and then go on from Kiwami 2. And now I would have the ability to play them all on PS4. So there's benefits there. Yeah. Um, But we're going to go ahead and get on into the... um, the community's take. The community's take for last week was pretty simple. Uh, we were talking about, of course, Sony coming in, talking about all the new features, uh, the or more info, I should say, as well as new features of the PlayStation 5, confirming that it will be called the PS5, confirming that the new controller may not be called the DualShock 5, but it will have instead of a, a dual vibration motor or rumble motor rather, that it will instead have haptic feedback and all that, as well as talking about how ray tracing is going to work, whether it's going to be software implemented, hardware implemented, all these different things. Some of them that maybe mean something to a lot of you, plenty of them that I'm sure mean nothing Nothing. to you. Uh, Talking about how the, the solid state drive speeds things up and how the games are going to be able to benefit from that. So we took a very simple question and said, is there a feature that you'd like to see from the PS five that we haven't had announced yet alongside that? What do you think the cost will be from what we currently know? Uh, Tabib is the first guy up over here on our Discord, and he says, one feature I'd like more elaboration on is the design of the console. I just hope it's not the V-shape thing that has been rumored given the shape of the dev kit. That thing is ugly. Let it be a box as long as it has a nice design. If it's the V-design, I'm going to have to figure a place for it in my entertainment system to hide it as much as possible. As for the cost, I think a price tag of 499 would be the sweet spot. But given the specs of the thing, the addition of even further enhancements to the controllers and the backwards compatibility with the PS4 at least, and potentially with rumors, all systems, uh, a $599 price tag would not be too surprising, although that would alienate a good number of people. I agree with uh, with his, his price assessment. It's exactly why I land on 500 I think they will take a slight loss to put a more powerful system out there and try and get goodwill mixed with a pretty close thing is I don't think they're going to ever do PS3 levels of loss again, where it was like 800 and something dollars to produce each console, $850 roughly. Uh, and they were selling them for 600 and people at the time thought this is a ridiculous console in terms of cost, but you don't realize that they're taking a third of what you're paying, actually a little bit more than a third of what you're paying in loss. Mm -hmm. So, it's a weird setup but I do think that they'll find the happy sweet spot. Uh, though that haptic feedback in the controller definitely gives me pause of how much cost does that
1: add to the current price of a controller? Yeah, probably going to be 80 bucks, 70 bucks new. What makes you wonder?
0: Cuz one thing if someone mentioned that and I can't remember if it was in this community's take or not, but if it is, well, we'll it'll I'll just give them credit. They were talking about worried. I think it was Atlas Unchained talking about worry of what the dual shocks cost or real cost. But the thing is right now, the dual shocks honestly have more technology in them than the switch pro controller, but the switch pro controller costs more $10 more. Yeah. Yeah. So Weird. it, it it could be that again. It could maybe? be a situation of Nintendo's weird pricing structure. Well, the DualShock 4s
1: were worth seventy when they first launched, weren't they,
0: or sixty or whatever? No, no, they've always been sixty-four. Uh, the DualShock Three, on the other hand, I think was fifty-four, but it might have been sixty. There was definitely a price increase from the DualShock Four I and mean, DualShock Three to the but DualShock wasn't Four. Was
1: there uh, a price? Uh, Decrease. I don't think so. I think it's been the
0: same for uh, for unless you were buying certain special editions, which is the same as Xbox. They say, "Oh, if this is a certain color run that we did a limited thing of, which always makes makes, sense. You're paying, yeah, yeah, you're paying a little bit of an upcharge. So that will be interesting to see because I am one of the people that owns. I have four PS4 controllers in there, and then of course, technically, I have a fifth one right here, and then I have a sixth one in the living room that I never end up getting to see because of my wife. A little bit of a disclaimer there. One of them is one, two of them are essentially ones that I'm, I was going to have to have and keep anyway, because they came with the consoles. One is the 20th anniversary dual shock. Yeah. And one is the 500 million dual shock that came with the consoles. Mm-hmm. So I was always going to keep those. I don't even play on the 20th anniversary one. Cause it's just too rare. Yeah. Uh, so from there, I kind of just keep it there and I have it in good shape in case I ever need to fall back on hard times and sell that system. Hopefully I don't. Um, but yeah, it is kind of weird because it's like you think I have a hundred and twenty dollars worth of controllers, or uh, more than that actually. I That's have like yeah three hundred and sixty yeah. <laughs> yeah probably. But it's it's interesting to see that. Um, let's see, Saul, do you have any of the places open? You want to pull one from over on Twitter? While yeah, I, I can pull one on some Twitter.
1: More? No fate, good old buddy Sean says remote play on Vita, <laughs> which I don't think we'll get. But he says ph Five launches in the UK at three ninety nine pounds, and Sony made a profit on each unit sold. So I think that the PS5 is more of or for forty nine pounds. We might see a repeat situation of the overpriced PS3. Sony needs to find that competitive sweet spot like they did with the PS4.
0: Yeah, it gets weird for us thinking about pounds. Yeah, because of how much different it is from the US dollar. Well, so we have to pull is, them?
1: didn't the PS4 launch at three ninety nine? Yes, the PS4 the in America it. Yeah. was three ninety nine. That's how much. That's how much he said it was in pounds. Over there?
0: Yeah. But yeah, but the pounds have changed so drastically in these yeah. years in between.
1: Um, the only thing I'm curious about, and just a forewarning, is like if what they're saying is true of ray tracing and this SSD and stuff, like it's not going to cost less than, it, it, I, I'm almost certain it's going to be $400 plus i'm realistically 500 dollars. yeah
0: definitely i i will go on the limb and say it will not be less than 500 dollars at all it's not happening they yeah. will not it will not be priced at the same spot as the ps4 nor should it considering no. that it's a bigger jump and in technology than we saw from the ps3 to i the think PS4. it's
1: important too to mention that for all those people who want longer generations this is what happens when you have longer generations you get a price that you you paid you know Eight nine years ago, and then now it's it's drastically more. You're like, well, I didn't have enough time to play this, or I had too much time. You know, it's 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 it's, it's going to be dual sided, no matter what. Yeah, the way technology is working is that everything's going to be way more expensive by the time this next console comes out, if it's going to be on the current levels that is out there now. Yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, if it's only- going
0: to be power level comp- comparable to what it should be, given the technology yes. available, and
1: if you were to build a gaming PC with all this stuff in it, this gaming PC would cost fifteen hundred dollars. So. To get a gaming PC that could play 1080p60 with ray tracing and have an SSD like this in it? Yeah, you're going to pay, I would say, no, not quite. I'd say, I say you could do it on the $800. No, $800 to 1000 I don't think there's a ray tracing card that's $800 or less. Maybe not. But it also Uh, depends on what they're doing from a
0: ray tracing standpoint. It may be ray tracing, but it's not physically the same ray tracing. It might be checkerboarding. It's somewhere in between. I'm not going to say checkerboarding. I do think it's hardware level, but maybe it's not to the same level. It's kind of like how you think about anti-aliasing. And sorry if we're speaking too much weird stuff. But You know how when you deal with anti-aliasing, certain cards can do a higher level of anti-aliasing. We might be seeing ray tracing on the consoles, but at a lower quality than what you'd get from the computer version. Or... Certain computer versions, depending on what that is, considering that I don't have a card on my
1: computer that has ray tracing because I'm my card's about three years old now. So for those for those that are kind of curious right now, if you want ray tracing in a PC, you're going to be looking at anywhere between 230 to 280 for, oh, that article's old. This card is three twenty four. This is a graphics card alone, and this is not. This is a 2060, which is a comparable to this. This I won't say gen. This is it's this year's iteration of the 1060. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those that are in, that that don't know, it's six gigabyte graphics card that was two eighty dollars, two hundred. Yeah,
0: yeah. See, that's that's the costing I expected. So I do think that you could build a computer that could do ray tracing to some degree, and definitely 1080p 60 at Maybe $800. Not.
1: Yeah, because then you could still get the Ryzen five uh, 1600 just standard, and that's hopefully like we're not. Yeah. confusing all the listeners yeah, out there but we will go back uh,
0: to, to you know the community's take here um, to Sean's point I do want to say one thing I see no reason not to include remote play time and resources it's not really you you if you put the same chip that is already dealt with the, the the same chip that handles remote play in the PS4 is also the same chip that handles PlayStation Now streaming it's it's a thing about handling streaming better so if you put the same chip or even the an improved version of that same chip on there the feature set that would require for it to work is already there the only thing it would require is somebody to make one app for the Vita That's for I was PS5 say is that it's somebody going to make
1: a software update for the Vita to be able to connect yeah. to PS and that would be the only thing and i
0: think that they might do it for again goodwill. And I say might I do not mean that that I expect it to happen, but I do think that when where they are with the Vita and and how much of a hit they took to their their name and their normal history of always really well supporting their consoles. Now maybe their their peripherals have been iffy, but if they put out a console or even a handheld with the PSP despite its problems, they've always had a history of supporting it for a long time even if it's in hard dire straits we saw it happen with the PSP getting dire straits and they worked with developers to get good games on it and you had a system that has stellar games by the time that it was done you had the same sit- and stellar games that were not only triple A also, some cheaper games for the PSP, but then a, a lot of them were Sony-made games. You saw Sony making games until its last year that they were really doing stuff with it, whereas the Vita, the Vita happened so quickly that the first, Sony what, a year backed out two years. Two years? Yeah, essentially two, two and a half years by the time they released the last game that they were going to do for it. And that's unfortunate. So i got to agree with Sean. I think a good way to do it is if you're already going to leave remote play with phones and stuff anyway... Why not leave it for the Vita? There's going to be people who will always undoubtedly prefer the ability to play the game with physical controls. And if they're okay with using the back touchpad, honestly, the Vita is a much better system than a touchscreen phone. Because, you know, when you remote play the Android or iPhone, it gives you buttons on the screen that represent them and that is a terrible way to do it but you can connect a dual shock five
1: or four rather apparently some people are having issues with some phones they cannot connect a dual shock four to it some android phones will not support that so yeah it might be
0: because of the the overlay skin it's the weird thing about android you have to deal with people making overlays that might interfere with things yeah i would imagine my phone your phone is iffy because it's samsung and not only is it samsung it's touch with (laughs) samsung
1: Yeah, it's no 9,
0: so <laughs> um, I didn't unless not have Unless they've updated it to the OS that the S10 has by now, which would be great I'm if sure they, they I'm, did, I'm, I just which is far. not TouchWiz, so that's a good thing.
1: I don't really know. Uh,
0: but either way, that's, see, give people the ability to do it with something that's integrated controls with the same screen, and I feel like that's a great thing to do. Uh, his price point stuff I do agree on. I just think that $500, wherever that ends up being in pounds, I could, I would say that that's probably 449 pounds. I, I don't know. I'm on one UI. You are on one UI sweet. Yeah. Yeah. I'm on Android nine, which yeah. is what now? Um, you are on Android nine, but I don't remember which one that is. It's yeah, not, it's tell me not the name Oreo. I can't remember. It's definitely an it Oreo. <laughs> I think it's whatever the P is, but I don't recall. Anyway, moving along, I'm going to pull one over from our Facebook very quickly. And that is Mr. Josh Drago says, no, nah, I'm not going to do his, his is, spaghetti. His oh. is mean. It's all, he. he just can't stop talking about borderlands. <laughs>
1: Oh, is it really? I was going to say <laughs> turkey spaghetti, which Alice on chain has been talking about a lot lately, too. I'm thinking there's some, some conspiracies about this. Are they the same person? Maybe. Bum, bum, bum. I don't think they're the same person. They're, think they're twins separated at birth. I think they're cahoots trying to make me try nasty, or us try nasty turkey spaghetti. Actually I can't call it nasty, I've never had it before. I've had Turkey Spaghetti. Not that great.
0: Anyway, I I'm gonna do, I didn't say it. I'm gonna do Mr. Derek Porter, one of our uh patrons. Thanks, sir. He says wireless VR and new motion controllers for VR, or even better, motion tracking to eliminate the need for controllers. I don't know how I feel about that one. The problem with motion tracking is it's never as smooth as you think it's gonna be. But if he means only on the simplest level of what Oculus just released with their headset that has cameras in the front, they can look at your hands for very simple things. We still, I haven't had, I haven't seen any update on it. I don't know that it's released as a consumer You're product yet. It's about the yet. one like where uh, it scans your hands, and if you want to go and grab something with your hands, it looks at your. Fingers. Apparently, it's not. If it works really well, yeah, apparently
1: it's not as bad as I thought it would have been. And it, I think just Linus depends. Tech Tips did a video. Yeah, on I that. think
0: that there's games that would work on. So a game that if, for people who own VR and have played it, that I think would work really well with that in particular would be something like vacation simulator or job simulator where when you're doing it it's very simple there's no real risk on the line of what you're doing but it lets you be that much more immersed you reach out your hand you grab it around something and then you go okay here i'm picking this thing up uh just oh, wait, like never throw mind. it or whatever
1: yeah rift s rift s is the, is the one you're talking about right i think yeah that's the one that did not do great okay so that's
0: my fear is that it's easy to say these things are going to work well but at least in high action games i can't see them doing well one of the things that you're going to need with, with certain types of games uh, like some of these shooter games is a physical controller to help you with the immersion and for the expectation of what you're doing. Having a physical gun that you can pull up and then you see that represented in the game and you feel it across your arms and everything, it does help you pull into the idea of where you're aiming and it's going to be more true to what you're doing. Uh, so I think that's important in some sense. But the rest of that I love. If we can get wireless VR, I would love that. We definitely need new motion controllers with analog sticks on them and potentially even more. I would love to see, even though I don't think it'll happen for from a consumer price aspect. I would love to see them take on some of the benefits of some of the other controllers. I think it's Oculus's controller that has the finger things where if you, you can, yeah. there's buttons per finger. So when you wrap your hand around the grip, there'll be a button under each finger. And if you squeeze it, it
1: acts I'm, as, Oh, Hey, here I'm we are. I'm pretty sure that is Oculus's thing. Cause it's uh, the controllers that come with the quest. I'm fairly certain.
0: I think you're right. So anyway, those are pretty interesting. I love to see that. He says, as far as price, honestly, wouldn't be surprised to see a $500 price tag. I'm going to go ahead and keep saying, Five hundred dollars is it, guys? I'm probably it has you. to be. Like, if, if I'm wrong, if then they're I'm not wrong. Take, If
1: they're not taking a loss, but then, I'm telling yeah.
0: you, uh, anyway. And I think that it's five hundred with them taking a very small loss, fifty dollars or so. It's worth it to them. You know what I mean? Think about how much money they've made hand over fist today, or today this year, this generation. Uh, that'd be yep. Uh, let's see. I'm gonna pull another one from here real quick. Mr. Donovan Williams. He says forward compatibility, which is interesting, and he expects the price to be six hundred and fifty dollars
1: to seven hundred dollars. Um, if they're if they're trying to hit four K sixty, then yeah, absolutely. But I don't, I don't think, think so because they're, they're hitting hit
0: they're hitting four K thirty relatively relatively steadily on the Xbox One X, and that's that's a that's the console that's five hundred dollars. That by now for sure the the the, the Parts inside of it have dropped in cost. Microsoft, just because the console probably didn't sell enough for them yeah, to get but bulk benefits. the difference
1: between 4K 30 and 60 is like, oh, it's a is $200 graphics card difference.
0: But, but, well, it's not even a graphics card. That's also, that really, when you're talking about frames per second, a lot of that ends up falling onto your,
1: your processor. Well, it depends on the game, too, because of VRAM.
0: That's also true, but it really depends on your processor more than anything, because it's having to double everything over in terms of how quickly it processes through it. Well, yeah, then you won't bottleneck your yeah, GPU but and CPU. When you think about that, I mean, you're dealing with a console that by now could probably... There's a benefit to buying and selling in bulk. The PlayStation 4 Pro hasn't dropped in price either because, again, I think it sells better than the One X as we've seen so far, but it's something that's still a smaller console market than the market for the normal system that is selling at a much more competitive price. So it's something we see across the board. I would not be surprised if by the end of this year we get an announcement that that One X drops by $100 and the Pro drops by $100 and then the PS4 Common drops by 50 to 100 depending on exactly where it's at right now i think it's at 350 Uh, i mean not 350 i think it's at 250 but it might be at 300 and if so i could see it dropping down to 250 or even 200 just to kind of get those last little bit of legs to have it hit ps2 numbers um but 650 to 700 is a price that i cannot imagine them doing um someone else mentioned it in here and i think it might have been over on twitter i'm gonna pull it up real quick because i accidentally uh did something here let me see where it's at
1: yeah, I'm really curious as to see what the final price will end up being.
0: Yeah, it's it's a weird thing. I mean, you know, uh, different people have said different things uh, as far as why they're reasoning for prices, different things. Uh, but here we are. Let me, f- I know that someone mentioned it on here. Here it is, Mr. Callum Lane. He says, backwards compatibility with all PlayStation games would be sweet, but if they limited it to PS4, that would be cool. Reckon it'll be priced at around 400, 400 pounds, uh, anything above that, and I think they'll have a launch similar to that of PS3. Pricing is key, in my opinion. And I agree. It's always that thing of the PS3 price point is such a dreaded thing, and it's a, it's they're mocked a lot in their history when people talk about the times that Sony have been down. What are the two things you hear about the most when people down-talk Sony? PS3 price and the PSN hacking of 2011. Yeah. Both of those things are very big in memory. So they know that there's two things they don't need to do again. Hit a $600 price point. Yeah. If they can keep from it, definitely. And then have another huge, huge dropping out of a month of their service being down. If they can avoid both of those things, they're doing better than they, I mean, they're doing good enough. Uh, so I do agree that that's one of them. Uh, one of the interesting things, Saul, and I'm a little curious to see is what you say as well. Uh, we had one of our listeners, and we go find where he said it, because I, I lo- it's one of the most interesting features I've heard somebody ask for, uh, and I, I just loved it. Uh, t- t- let me find it real quick. I'm sorry, guys. I should have had this already pulled up. Getting terrible. I am
1: terrible, yes. You said it was on, on Twitter?
0: <laughs> yeah, it was on Twitter. Here it is, because he asked it separate from the thing, and I said, hey, do you mind if I pull this in? Oh, Mr. Okay. Adam Watson... He says, got a quick question for you, Triangle Squared. What do you think are the chances that Sony will implement FreeSync tech into the PS5? I've heard no rumor or mention of it. It's a super low power output cost that yields incredible visual enhancement. So uh, you know about FreeSync monitors, right? And you right. know about G-Sync monitors, I think is what the NVIDIA version Nvidia, of it is. Yeah. Um, so for people who don't know, this is essentially a variable frame rate tech that happens to use it. You have to have a TV that implements it. Now really, TVs don't implement this. Monitors do, computer monitors, but there are plenty of people, Saw included, who use computer monitors as their TV screens, uh, or as their console screens. So what happens here, is that for the people who really want this, if Sony can implement it in, which FreeSync is an AMD technology, and since we know that they're working with AMD, it's entirely possible. For people that have the, the monitors that will support it, whenever the game goes to change in frame rate, or for whatever reason it needs to the free sync technology lets it actually have the screen drop down and hurt so that you don't get screen tearing and all sorts of other things it does make the game look far more consistent feel more natural and it helps when you get to higher frame rates because what happens when you drop from a 60 to down to like a 50 something if your screen is v-synced essentially where it's trying to always make the game forcefully stay at 60 frames per second what happens is you get it screen tearing Almost everybody has seen screen tearing at least once in their life, whether you realize it or not. Mm-hmm. It's essentially like when you go to move, the the, the item's lines, it kind of goes across real quick. And it's subtle, yeah. and it, a lot of people probably won't really care. But once you see what it's like when it's not doing it, it's a huge improvement. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. this looks way more consistent. And like when you're moving, it feels more like you're moving through a real world that doesn't have the pitfalls of dealing with locked frame rates and different things trying to go around. Um, so I love that. I think it's, I think it'd be a great feature. I agree. It's something that would be very easy for them to put in. I'm only curious to see if they do it based off of if they have any kind of a, you know, one of the things the PS4 pro lets you do Uh, is that the console automatically detects your TV, knows whether it's 4K, knows what things to put it at, whether it's HDR compatible, tell you how here's your HDR, go ahead and set it up. If that information is being sent back to where they can see what monitors and what TVs people are using through this auto-detect feature, and they see that there are a big group of people who are using monitors, they might look and go, if there's already people who are using monitors, the chances of there being people that would use a monitor that has FreeSync technology goes up. So I'm hoping to see that that is exactly what we end up getting is essentially Sony looking and saying that there is some value to doing this. Eh, I'm not really worried about it. I'll just pull the thing if I need it. We just keep it there for now. Okay. Sorry. Battery's dying on the laptop because I'm unprepared. But anyway, I love that question. I thought that was a really cool feature that is definitely more on the, the, the pro setup people to where if you're going to have something like that and you're talking about having a really powerful PC, that's the kind of stuff people are going to want to see. So last thing I'll, I'll mention real quick is this Atlas unchanged joke uh, in regards to the V shape that LGB was talking about. We shared a picture of the PS4's dev kit, which looks drastically different from the PS4. Of course they don't use the dev kit as a form of the, any idea behind the design for the console. But one thing I've always found weird about the V thing is that even as a dev kit, it seems weird to have fans directly blowing out towards each other. Cause what you're having is if they're both blowing outward, then they're both blowing hot air out of each other. If one's sucking air in and blowing and the other one's blowing, then you're still creating a problem where it's blowing hot air out. And then the other one, because of where the air is at is going to pull that same hot air back into the system. So it's very unlikely that it's that it's probably likely that they're both either there's fans on the back of the system. And both of those V's are to pull cool air in with hot air going out of the back. Mm-hmm. Or they're both blowing hot air out towards each other. We don't know because we could haven't seen the, the whole thing. Could
1: it be that since the V, could they be slanted, like where the slants on the, the one side are is up, going and up and the other the ones, ones down? down. Yeah. The
0: problem with down is that it, there's a hard surface right there, so the air would bounce. Oh, well, yeah. So regardless of what you're doing, you're going to have some kind of an issue. Yeah. Um, but with that said, <laughs> Atlas, Chain, Atlas Unchained was saying, because I was saying if there are two hot ones blowing into each other, he said, no, one's blowing hot one's blowing cold, and I'm going to find his exact thing. Cause it, just, it, it cracked me up. He says, one blows hot and one blows cold, and you get a little PlayStation hurricane that hovers above the console and adds RAM and extra processing power. (laughs) Tornado-based computing is the future. I said the tagline would be, cloud processing is so last-gen. (laughs) That would be great. It would never happen, of course. It's physically impossible. But it's a ridiculous idea that did make me laugh. Uh, We're going to move on to the news real quick, as we spent a little bit longer on that than we probably should have. (laughs) But, oh well. Here we are. Uh, Need for Speed Heat is removing some mechanics added into the last game, Payback, that had you choose a vehicle's class when buying it, i.e. it'd be a, a drift car or a race car, and I think there was one that was like a heavy car, whether it was called like a transport car or something. It was essentially like a armored up vehicle so that when you did transport missions or escort missions, when there were cars roaming into you, you were a little bit slower, but you were tankier. Uh, and that was part of that game's shtick of what it was doing with its story. Uh, and it also had multiple garages that could be found throughout the open world so that you could access garages depending on where you were quicker. Um, so what's happening here is that they are doing away with those in favor of a more freeform approach that lets you buy individual parts for your cars that sways their characteristics towards what type of events the car would be best at, uh, such as being able to buy drift tires and changing your suspension around so that your car would be better suited for drifting or putting street tires on that are going to give you better grip and whatnot so that you can speed around tracks quicker for race events. Um, and I thought that's, that's a great idea. As for garages, this is really great. This is a quality of life improvement. They're no longer requiring you to visit a garage in order to upgrade parts in your car. So as you unlock parts and you want to buy them, you can go ahead and go into a menu, change parts in your car on the fly, and it'll go, uh, automatically put them on. So that essentially you won't be wasting time fast traveling or driving to a garage. Uh, if it's something you really enjoyed, the garages still look like they exist in the game in terms of if you like the, the aesthetic of your car being in a garage while you go around and do it, but you're not required to do that anymore. And I think that's a great idea. Uh, Cause I used to, you get used to it. So you don't really complain, but you are kind of like in the back of your mind, it's dumb that you got to go to garage to do these things. Yeah. It's just that much more time I'm having to spend to do it. So uh, here's to hoping that, that game shapes up as well as it can. Next up, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order has officially gone gold ahead of its November 15th release date. We learned from a tweet from developer Respawn's official Twitter. Uh, Congrats to the team. I think the game actually looks really cool. And the more they've shown on it, the more I'm interested in it. And I do hope that that means that when I buy it, I'm not disappointed. I think Star Wars is a cool world that you can do a lot of stuff with, but games have been lacking in
1: it in a lot of ways to me. Uh, I'm definitely going to wait on reviews for this one, mainly because it has one of my quirks in it that really kind of pisses me off about Star Wars. And that's where in in some of the media that's gone through, lightsabers don't cause dismemberment like they should. And I hate that.
0: I know. And, And that was actually, that was something that we talked about in the show, I guess maybe you don't recall, that that was a conscious decision made because of, Ratings, ratings. Yeah, I know, and I understand but still, it. What was you,
1: Force Unleashed?
0: I think Force Unleashed was rated M, but even then, I, I can't remember. I th- actually, I think Force Unleashed did have dismemberment. It yet. did. That's what I'm saying. Force <laughs> Unleashed was a great
1: game. It was, but it's, but like I hate it because like and even in the like the newer Star Wars movies, like there's there's times in which they just cause scratches, and that's what really upsets me is like that's that's not what the lightsaber is. Like it's not going to cause a scratch. It's going to disembowel you.
0: Yeah, I, I want to say. Yeah, there is this in Force Unleashed I, about to say, I, kn- I really thought there was Because that was a big Selling point Of the graphical increase When you got the Star Wars Force Unleashed 2 Because Force Unleashed 2 Looked brilliant It was mm-hmm. kind of an ant game it Sadly was, yeah. Because it was like The story really had, had No not, like, reason to be yeah, there the story was dumb but it was incredibly fun and it looked oh, yeah. beautiful. The story um, of that game was ridiculous. Though. But yeah, you know, that's a good question, real quick. Let's see if it is already rated Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order ESRB. Because I would not be surprised if they wanted it to land in, yep, T for teen. It's to try and sell to the biggest group. And that's unfortunate. Um, I, I almost. Do you really
1: think, though, that dismemberment would cause them to go to M? Yes. Even though. Yeah, the, but it, back then, Jedi, it, uh, the. Oh, I can't think of the name of the game now. Um, Star Wars Jedi, it's the game that I just bought on Switch and I played through on Switch. Yeah,
0: the one that has the little lightsaber that has, combat. That has dismemberment. Yeah, well it's also not a very graphically visceral game. Think about how bad I that game guess.
1: looks. That game has some of the best like, lightsaber fighting on it ever.
0: Yeah, but either way, I'm not surprised by any standard. I mean, what I'm getting at is, if you look at it, I've always been the mindset, oh wow, Force Unleashed was teen. So there really is no excuse. Hold on, here's the bigger question now. Force Unleashed 2. I don't think that was M either. We're about to learn. I don't know why it would change. You know what I mean? Um, T T. Animated blood and violence. I think it's
1: something that Disney's making a conscious decision about, and that's such probably. Like, they made a couple decisions. I don't really like. I don't like hate, but I don't agree with it. I don't agree with like something like that. Like you don't change the formula of a weapon. Yeah. In the first, in, in, in A New Hope, you know, the, they went to um, uh, the bar. Oh, God. The cantina. Cantina. And um, they, they cut that dude's arm off. Yeah. Now, one thing they messed up there was there was blood where it should have cauterized it. Yes, which, that's what I was about to say about, yeah. about but this. But it was is gory. It doesn't,
0: was it, it, it doesn't cause much it's not blood, and blood definitely is one of those things that gets well, like, you. You know, when you think about then, a game, it was yeah, sure. for that. Uh, but a game like The Darkness, of course, where you're ripping people's arms off and bloods flying everywhere, yeah, of course. I but understand. This it. But you're right, it. this cauterizes it. Or so when you're, it. when you're dealing with that, you're right. It does kind of lead you to the thing of: do they consider to be do they consider arms and legs that you've cut off laying around to be a bad thing? It's kind of weird.
1: I mean, I agree with they you. They should have bought a company with a lightsaber. I've it. never.
0: I had not even really thought about it, but now that you said it. Technically, someone's been stabbed, but it wasn't anything crazy. There has been nobody cut in half, anything dismembered in the new trilogy at all. Yep,
1: one. Snoke. Oh, aha, you're right. But in that same fight scene, one of those troopers, the very last uh, throne room trooper to get hit with anything, was slashed across his stomach with a lightsaber, and just left a scratch across it, and he just fell to the ground. Yeah, Who knows? It's a weird situation. It just it doesn't make sense. Whatever their reasoning is. Seth, Seth was talking to me at work the other day, and he was like... He was saying something about how bad the throne room scene was. I was like, that's one of my favorite parts of the movie.
0: Oh, it's a cool scene, but it, it ruins Snoke's purpose as a bad guy. No, here's talking about the choreography. Eh. I actually thought that. I mean, I, I don't want to get into that. I'm not going to spoil a movie that's still relatively new. Anyway, moving right on along, Warframe continues to truck on stronger than ever with the announcement of their new Grendel Warframe that will hit alongside the Imperium expansion. Imperium, sorry. Expansion. That is changing much of the game. The expansion adds in the Railjack spaceship that was teased at Tenocon and E3 in 2018, as well as a Shadow of Mordor-style nemesis system that has an enemy named Kuvalik. I'm gonna say that's how you say it. A character with Warframe parts fused into his flesh, who shows up in unrelated missions at random, looking—excuse me—to pick a fight as he hunts you down relentlessly. Similar to Mordor's system, he will be unique for each player, bringing up what weapons killed him, uh, different tactics you employed to off him in the past, as well as other personal jabs at your history with each other. On top of gameplay changes at all levels, Warframe is working to improve its engine for the next generation, which adds real-time shadows, better reflection, and smoothing of flight visuals. But whether or not we'll see those on current-gen consoles or any form of improvements uh, before next-gen, does not currently is not known nor is a release date for this announced Uh, it does seem like it's pretty far along wouldn't be surprised if we get it by the end of the year uh but this is the game that continues to it's 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 weird the game is only in competition with itself pretty much yeah it's like no other game does this no other game is really pushing them to do anything this crazily drastic but they're kind of like well we did this last time so we've got to go above and beyond on that this time yeah so uh, it is cool that they're doing the Nemesis system. I actually think that it's one of the most compelling parts of the Shadow games, even though they sometimes lean on them a little too heavily. And it starts being like, I can't even play the game because you constantly have this guy coming back trying to kill me. But I think the first game handled it perfectly. And from there, it's just like, I, I was surprised that we've not seen more games do it while also being a little bit like happy with that, mm-hmm. it's like I didn't want to see every game do it because then it loses every bit of what made it feel special. But I, I was surprised that I've seen almost no other game really even attempt it. Yeah. So seeing it in this situation, I think is an interesting setup, um, and it's just one character instead of a bunch of them. It's one character that comes back instead of like oh, well, there's 18 orcs that I've killed who can any of them can show up, multiple of them can show up at once. You know, that was always the annoying thing about Shadow of War or uh, uh, Shadow of War is you can have like four orcs that are part of your nemesis system show up at the same time. Yeah. It's like, why don't I have to fight four of you? I'm just trying to play the story. Uh, next up, though, Final Fantasy XIV online, uh, Online's Vows of Virtue, Deeds of Cruelty upcoming update has been teased revealing the long-known Nier Automata-themed raid called Yorha Dark Apocalypse that was written by Nier creator himself, Yoko Taro, the man, the legend. Uh, let's see. It says, alongside, this is a host of changes to the job system the addition of New Game Plus letting you replay past story missions, a Realm Reborns questline being overhauled, and tons more. The start of these updates hits October 29th, with a few smaller updates planned in the immediate weeks after to finalize all the additions shown. So there's a couple of things that are going to be part of the overarching expansion, or update suite, whatever you want to call it, that are going to be hitting a little bit later, but uh, that's interesting. Mainly the fact that this many years later, they're choosing to overhaul a Realm Reborn yet again. When a Realm Reborn was already them overhauling, yeah, it's,
1: game. it's and I recommend anybody to go through and play through. I'm curious what changes they're making to Realm Reborn, but play through that game like you would a Final Fantasy game because the story's really good.
0: I heard that from so many people and yeah. that, it, it's a little odd because of how much other final fantasy games it pulls into its floor. Yeah. But yeah, you know, it's, 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 definitely an interesting setup uh, next up after news outlets claimed that PS4 pro would have no enhancement supported in the outer worlds, the upcoming RPG from obsidian, uh, but would be improved on Xbox one X publisher, private division confirmed that those reports were false and the PS4 pro version would upscale to 4k from a native resolution of 1440 P these reports were believed early for the obvious reasons that Obsidian was purchased by Xbox uh, since the announcement of this game. So of course, people had the idea in their mind of play, Xbox is essentially giving them the go ahead of hey, make sure it works best on our system. That's upside, but lop off Playstations. I thought that sounded so strange when they did it. I was like it doesn't make sense because Xbox is not the publisher. I felt so like it does not I want to know
1: who made that rumor up. Like where would that come from originally? Anyway, yeah,
0: it makes you wonder how would someone because I don't think it's misinformation that someone landed on, though it very well could be someone saying, "Look at how good this game looks at Xbox One X." Does the PlayStation Four version have anything extra? I don't think so. And then that was all of it. You know, that, that could have been it. It could have yeah. been any number of things. But I also do feel like this could have just been a power play on trying to make the the Xbox version look like it's the. Overall, best one, and here's and, the thing. And if they did, it I, is the overall best one. I mean, yeah. it's going to be one that plays at 4K native resolution, whereas the PS4 Pro doesn't. But that's it, that's been the situation since the X came out. It's a hundred dollars more, released a year later. It's got newer hardware in it, and a hundred dollar up. I mean, it's of course, it's going to be a and, more powerful, system.
1: and even then, I think now that Obsidian's owned by Xbox, it wouldn't have been unfair for them not to have that, anyways. Yeah. It's kind of like them having like like it's like exclusive game modes and stuff that PS4 has that Xbox don't.
0: That's true, and it, but like, it, well, it seemed weird that's... to me because why would Private Division, which is a subdivision of 2K, why would 2K do that? They wouldn't. They would have no reason to. And, and Private Division, of course, is the ones that had to come up and say these are not true. Why why would they do that? For all that Obsidian's doing, Obsidian here's the interesting thing about the Outer Worlds. Obsidian con- continues to hold ownership over the Outer Worlds IP. Whereas Private Division is the one who is publishing it. But because they're publishing it, they get to determine essentially what's going on. In the future, though, similar to what Insomniac did with Microsoft when Microsoft published Sunset Overdrive, but Insomniac kept the rights, moving forward, now that Obsidian is owned by Xbox, any future of the Outer Worlds games would be Xbox exclusive.
1: Apparently, a spokesperson from uh, Private Division told Windows Central that the original <laughs> statement. So that guy's probably fired.
0: Here's the interesting thing about that, though, to cap this Either off. Either that,
1: or they saw the backlash and decided to, re- to, re- to reverse it.
0: Yeah, the weird thing about that, though, is that the game hits October 25th, but if you are a physical copy buyer, or if you've pre-ordered it physically, there will be a massive 18-gigabyte update on PS4 Pro and a like 30-something gigabyte update on Xbox One X. 4K textures. So that is very, <laughs> it, it very well get... could be something like that. I don't think so. I oh, would, I do. I, would, I absolutely oh, do. That's definitely what the update is. But oh, yeah. I don't think that this was private division... Saying that, seeing backlash, and then going, No, we're going to add PS4 updates. Oh, for no, Pro. I was joking. Yeah. But, but that, that again- is also a reality of what it could have been. But considering that we already know the size of the thing and the game is so close to release, I understand that this was just a weird PR slip up.
1: Yeah, I'm getting that game watch, Gabe's Pass. Because I think you get it like a week
0: early over there, don't you? I don't think so. I think it's just day and date. Which is impressive enough. Um, Yeah. So, whatever. Uh, Next up, though, Sony continues to show great support for its first and second-party PSVR games, with London Studio releasing a new update for their blockbuster release, Blood & Truth, that came out earlier this year, that's available now. These updates add New Game Plus, online leaderboards, as well as hard mode, and some skeet challenges, in case you want to go in there and just have some fun with the shooting of it. That game still looks cool, and I actually intend to play it. I just, I don't know. I went from feeling like I have so many games to catch up on to not wanting to play anything that I owned. And that's why I bought First Life. And then I'm right back to not wanting to play anything. I don't know what's going on with me. I'm hoping that this is not the first real point in my life to where. It's like, man, I don't really like video I games. I really anymore. don't. I don't think it's that I don't like video games. It's just I need some. I, I think it. I I blame some of it on Greedfall. Greedfall being so different. I'm like, ah, oh, man, why are there not more games like this? And now I'm, I think that I'm a little more aware of how somewhat samey all triple a games have become
1: go download morrowind on your pc and throw mods on it to like to like upscale everything
0: actually my favorite version of of playing morrowind again is using the morrow oblivion uh, update where you play in oblivion's engine with oblivion's rule sets but you play the entirety of morrowind and they've even had people come in and do voice lines for the game if i'm not mistaken when morrowind didn't have voice acting or at least very much uh, voice acting so yeah That's a cool way to do it. If you have a PC and you like those games,
1: I did not like um, Skywind. Skywind
0: is also a thing coming. So if you really love the way that Skyrim's systems work, then you can play. I don't know where it's at in the release system right now, but you can play Skywind, which is Morrowind in Skyrim's engine. I had never heard of that. Yeah, I don't know where it's at towards release, but uh, but Morrowind has been out uh, for a long time, so. There you go. That's your little tip of the day. Next up on the news, though, Remedy Entertainment added photo mode, much to Saul's again, I'm kidding, to its recently <laughs> released control. I know Ryan's just over there why, listening like, but, but,
1: but why release a photo mode like three weeks after the launch of the game? Well, I'm about to say
0: it, because many of the players were requesting it. It is available in the game now with its next update, uh, with its next updates and expansions aiming for the end of the year with a free gameplay mode called Expeditions. This sees players running Jesse, who's the protagonist for the game, through different objectives within a set time to get powerful new rewards. These Expeditions will have modifiers that make each encounter feel unique and come with its own unique challenges to complete the Expedition. That's kind of cool. Yeah, I actually like that idea. It's very similar to where, like, I would get really tired of weekly nightfalls, and i get tired of them anyway, but they're a lot better because you never know what, you're, what modifier you're gonna have yeah so you can start playing and be like you get punched and then you die and you're like ah crap blackouts on yeah so you kind of deal with it in the moment next up though september 2019 npd figures are in and the top five across all platforms for september are interesting uh with nba 2k20 heading the chart despite all the flack that it got from us included for its casino-like gambling mini games uh it's followed by borderlands 3 at number two fifa 20 the uh, Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening in the and then Madden NFL 20, showing that sports games are still going strong as ever despite big competition. Besides what well, will probably be WWE 2K20. Yeah. I can't
1: imagine it's going to sell that well, but oh, it does well. Oh, no idea. Wrestling fans don't care about those graphics.
0: <laughs> anyway, the PS5's top five games are the same minus Zelda, so where Zelda is in number four, instead... Uh, Madden moves up to number four, and Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon Breakpoint moves into number five over on the PlayStation 4 ones. Uh, at the best selling games of the year, Anthem finally gets pushed out of the top five with strong hitters from recent games like NBA 2K20 taking the number one spot of the year in its launch month. Ridiculous. Borderlands 3 takes number two, and then Madden 20 breaks into the top five. Uh, within their first month of release as well. So all of those games released in in September and all of them performed incredibly well in September. Uh, so that's good. Mm-hmm. And it's it, like I say, as much crap as Anthem got, it's amazing that it took until September for that game to get pushed out of the best-selling games of the year, top five. And it's still in the top I just, ten. I don't understand it. It, it. it goes to show how much that game sold up front. Because that's the only way that it happens. It has to be, you, yeah. You don't, ha- you don't hit those types of sales After you have such a marred launch for whatever reason that I enjoy the game, but that's just what it is. You're not going to get those types of sales. It's not a continued thing. So you know what? As much as I don't care for the way NBA 2K20 did their things, it's impressive. And I'll give them their credit where it's at couple more up though. We have Mortal Kombat 11 has a Halloween event for players that will let players take on four new boss fights with Halloween themed modifiers like flying witches and bats and more new brutalities are available as well as Halloween specific consumables, module pieces and other rewards. There's also a skin pack. If you want to dig into your wallet and spend five 99, it gives you some packs for certain characters in the game. Um, So, you know, if, if that's how you like your idea of a game of a service, there you go. You get something interesting for it. I love seeing games do events like this though. And for free, because I don't feel like I've ever seen a Mortal Kombat do a Halloween event before.
1: Yeah, I think the sha- uh, uh Oh. You about to say Shaolin Monks? No, I was going to say Shadow Keep. Oh, uh, okay. Festival of the Lost is starting soon in Destiny, which I Oh, love. yes.
0: Yeah, yeah and here's to see if I'll make it back to Destiny or not but moving on to the next thing Capcom has now considered or is now considering Resident Evil and Devil May Cry as major brands after the success of both Devil May Cry 5 and Resident Evil 2's remake meaning that we will likely continue to see more from the series and far more often though personally I have a hope that that doesn't mean that they start pushing these out in such a way that they burn the series out again I think part of the reason that these series came back so strong is that Devil May Cry was just dormant for a long time and then for certain fans, they don't even consider DMC part of Devil May Cry games, so it's been dormant for a long time, if you consider that game to not exist, oh, yeah. 2008, right? 2007? Oh, let's see. For Was it 2009 that Devil May Cry 4 came out?
1: Absolutely not. like like 2007.
0: Yeah, you're probably right. Either way, it's been a long time, so that one coming back is good. And then the thing about Resident Evil 2 is that Resident Evil 7...
1: 2008.
0: January 2008. Okay. But Resident Evil 7 was such a change-up for the series, and even though it was loved and people liked it a lot... It was so different than coming back to a Resident Evil 2 where it's it kind of breaks into that Resident Evil 4 styling but still has a lot of the design elements of Resident Evil 2. I just feel like it reinvigorated a series in a, in a way. So we'll see what that means and what Resident Evil 8 ends up becoming. And then you have that weird Resident Evil outbreak uh, or whatever it's called that's coming out right now. Project Resistance. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see how that ends up faring as well. I don't know that that's necessarily what I would say would be the smart move to do, but maybe because maybe it keeps you from burning out the other mechanics. Yeah. I don't know. Shadow of the Tomb Raider is getting the definitive edition treatment with all of the DLC packed into the game and releasing November 5th. Next up, Sony has confirmed the slightly obvious I think to all of us uh, that PS Now will be making its way to PS5 alongside plans to improve the tech and software revolving around it. This announcement came courtesy of Sony Interactive Entertainment's network team and teased many cloud gaming p- patents that make them, quote, absolutely confident in quote in their ability to improve their service moving into the next gen and last up on our list horizon zero dawn developer gorilla games has recently visited sweden to visit goodbye kansas studios in stockholm for some motion capture this is the studio uh, goodbye kansas studios are the people behind the cgi trailers for overkill's the walking dead that just recently came out uh, cyberpunk 2077's trailers and plenty more Many think that this is evidence of them preparing footage for their upcoming multiplayer-focused title that is being helmed by ex-Rainbow Six Siege director Simon Larouche, Larouche, something like that. Uh, and I personally hope that that means it's Killzone-related. I think that doing a Killzone thing brings back fans that already liked Guerrilla Games. It gets because of the success of Zero Dawn and Hor- or Horizon, rather Zero Dawn is that people will give Killzone a chance just by the name of the developer, who probably wouldn't have before, and it's a great idea to either close off the PS four with a big multiplayer game or what I actually think this might be, I'm curious to see what your thoughts are, Saul. I think this might be them preparing footage, uh, going in, doing all the motion capture, and getting a CGI trailer ready for sometime around February when we have an official PS five event and they start showing off games that are gonna be on that
1: system. I could see that. And Horizon Two of likes would be really, really cool for a launch title. Do you really um, Do
0: you think that they
1: would do that as a launch title? i I'm in, yeah. I'm in
0: between the main reason I say that is that it
1: follows uh, the same suit with Gorilla, normally, like Killzone Shadowfall being a launch title.
0: Yeah, but this is a game that Guerrilla pro- previously never sold anywhere close to what Horizon Zero Dawn did, and part of the reason Zero Dawn sold so well is it released at a time period when there was that many consoles out there. Or so Killzone. it's only two things. It either has to be a cross-gen title that happens to hit PS4 and PS5, or it has to be a PS5 exclusive <laughs> yeah. and cut down on the number of potential buyers. Yeah, it's PS5 exclusive.
1: It's As- going to give people uh, a, a reason to buy the PS5, because right now, we don't know what PS5 has. We yeah, know that but we are
0: you, do you really think? Well, okay. I, go ahead, because I got one interesting thing well, I was, that I kind of fought myself on.
1: Well, I was going to say that, that so far we know that everything that's coming out for PS4 that's been confirmed, Last of Us 2, mm-hmm. Ghost, Death Stranding, all this good stuff that can be played on the PS5, we don't know what the PS5 has to offer for us yet in terms of something new, something different. Sure. So, yeah, making a game exclusive. And nor should it, we, necessarily. It, it, yeah. I mean, it sucks for people who don't have who can't afford a PS5, but that's just the nature of how gaming works. Yeah, sure. And I'm sure. not going to let that hold sure. anything back.
0: But I, I mean that because w- think about the two launch titles for PS4. Okay. All right. Think about the launch titles for Shadowfall. PS- child- yeah. Think about the launch titles for PS3. Do you even remember I'm
1: trying to think. Um, no.
0: Motorstorm. Oh yeah. Resistance. And Resistance. Yeah. Uh, there was a Ratchet and Clank pretty early on, which is actually one of the bigger franchises. But even then, Ratchet was not that big yet. Um, whereas Ratchet and Clank PS4 actually sold better than I think any of the Ratchet and Clank games. So my point here being. It's very rare that they put a very, very big name, a very big hitter. Uncharted 4 was not a launch title because they kind of needed to have the system out in the wild so that it guaranteed that it at least sold multiple millions. When you have a game like Horizon Zero Dawn that's gone on to pass like 12 million sales, it's kind of weird to put it on a system where it's going to be only with a potential... like PS4 sold one million first day, yeah. right? Let's just say that that happens again on PS5, and I, I think it will. I think it will too. Then that means that you have at most... let's just Let's say that because gaming has grown a lot since then. Let's say that we have 2 million PS5 sold day one. Let's just give them a, let's give them a benefit of the doubt that that's going to be how well it does. Okay. That still means a potential group of only 2, two million people that can buy that game. at but- launch... That and I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. And in my own mind, right when I was going to say, I was like, I've I've already solved my own conundrum because yeah. here's the thing: a lot of people go on will say, and I, and I'm one of them. I know that it's like, well, kills on Shadowfall Nack did not continue to sell well. They just sold well because they were the only games you could play, and they were good. Like they weren't yeah. terrible. They weren't. Games. I, I would consider actually Horizon Shadowfall being, is a
1: great game. Yeah, I would consider Horizon be better than both of those. Yeah, it uh, uh, has a,
0: a chance of being way better than both of them for sure. No, I'm saying Horizon One is better than Shadowfall. Oh yes,
1: yeah, yeah, I agree with that.
0: Uh, but when you look at that. The the one recent example to show that that's not always the case is Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild. Dude, yeah, it's a game that of course was a launch title, and it it did release as a cross gen, but it sells in the Wii U or not very much because the Absolutely. Wii U didn't have very much of an install base. So you have a game like that, and it's continued to go on and sell as essentially the number one game for. The uh, duration for duration of, of the switch, yeah, for going on through now, the game still tops sales charts all the time. Absolutely. Here's the difference between PlayStation and Nintendo, though. Nintendo still charges sixty dollars for that damn game, whereas PlayStation would not do that. And you see why, though, because people still buying it. It's still getting it, on those lists. But it, so, I, yeah, I, what I, I hope I, is that don't we don't see em. Sony adopt that. I hope that we don't see Sony go, hey, here's Rise of Dawn two as a launch it's title. It's not
1: always a bad thing because your games retain that value. I mean, I was I, I was telling somebody about this the other day, is like I can't think of there's not I will say I can't, I'll just make a, a a very stern and factual statement. There's not two PS four games that you could have bought in the past year and a half to two years that you're still gonna get thirty dollars back in the store credit for games. Oh profit, yeah. yeah. Where yeah. you can take both uh, Mario Odyssey, which is about a year, year and a half ago, and then you could take uh, Breath of the Wild two years ago and get both thirty, thirty five dollars back for it. Yeah. And you have you trade those two and you get a brand new game.
0: Yeah, it's it's always that it's a, it's a catch twenty two. You have to pay more up front for games, but it keeps that value. But it for, keeps value for the foreseeable future. Yeah, and that's yeah.
1: why I don't mind. Like people always say, like, oh, I don't like how their prices never have sales. Yeah, but you never lose your value when you buy it like you do a normal game. That's true. And one thing that somebody actually pointed out in the PS4 subreddit, there was actually a really cool thread about this a few months ago. And somebody said that, I don't like the fact that if I buy God of War within a year, it's $10 or $20 less than what it is, than what everybody else paid pay for it. He said, and then, of course, he got attacked because they were like, well, that's it's a year later. There's nothing of it value is. a year I later. Mean, it, it's and not then, even
0: that. It's not that it's nothing of value. It's that either you spend the money to play it because you want to, to keep up with what we were talking about in our last shit Best episode. Whereas yeah. if you want to be part of the social conversation around a game, you get into then it. you've got to do it as a beginning. And you're going to pay more for that, but you also get an experience that is still worth $60. Yeah. All that's happening for everybody else is, is that they're waiting. They're not being able to immediately Patient be part gamers. of that conversation, but they can have a conversation about it later. They also risk getting it spoiled for them. But because of, the, because of the fact that they had to go through that time period where they weren't part of the social conversation and they had to risk spoilers later, they're still getting the same $60 worth of a game just at a lower price. At point. Lower price, yeah. And I don't really blame them. I don't think it's a bad thing. I mean,
1: I think it's more accessible for sure, but yeah. I think that, that and that's what I mean. I think that they're both great business models, specifically business models.
0: It just it's one of those things where, like Nintendo, there's a lot more exclusives that I would try if I didn't feel like I had to. If I had to invest sixty dollars into just try it, whereas way later, if I if I wouldn't have played Horizon at launch because I just didn't know, I was like I just don't know if it's going to be the game for me. Yeah, and I played it a year and a half later, and I played the complete edition for twenty dollars. I'd be like, oh wow. I got to try a game that I ended up loving for way less money so that next time that the new one comes out, day one, I'll spend $60 on it. Yeah. It's kind of like the, you're keeping a barrier up for a lot of people to where some people will never end up playing games because of that sole reason. I just can't justify $60 for something I may not like. Yeah kind of like when I go to a restaurant and I don't want to order something new that costs more because I'm like, I know I like the burger. Why would I right. get this?
1: And I, I understand. Yeah. Uh, the cool thing about that, though, is that you can't throw the burger back up and have the same value a, a, a year later. <laughs> well, not the same value, but we'll, we'll call it half value. Well, no, I would say it's the same, the same trade-in value. The trade-in value doesn't stagnate that much. Oh yeah, yeah. I, um, I got you. I got if you, you take a brand new game, any like if you go buy a game the next day, it's thirty dollars. Think
0: anybody bread. would do that? Just throw up, like eat a burger, go gag in the bathroom with their plate and just throw it
1: back on like, I'd like my money back, please. <laughs> Sucks 30 burger calls today. We can have some fun experiments. Oh, yeah. I'm not real I wouldn't throw up a thirty burger burger. Uh, but anyways, we'll move on to the main topic, which of course we got said we uh, we said at the very beginning of the episode for you guys, and that is that WWE 2K20 looks terrible. There is major, major graphical problems in this game, and specifically in cutscenes, specifically in story mode. Um, you can see all kinds of things where textures not loading, halo effects, very, very, just not only loading but poor texture quality. You get clipping constantly. The voice acting is pretty stagnant. This is not a PS4 game; it's a PS3 game. It's more than a PS3. And, uh, it's, it's, uh, om- yeah. it's
0: it's like an early PS3 game yeah, when and- people weren't quite to. Right, they weren't common. Like, oh, like oh, it's it's
1: technically an HD, but it kind of just looks like an upscale PS2 game, right? And the, and I, I was talking to Brett earlier before we started recording. Is like this would be fun to have a uh, have a topic. It's it sounds like it's probably gonna be a short one, but I mean, we're, <laughs> we're already real far in the episode anyway. So that this might just be one of those anyways. But it, it's that we have standards, and even if we were fans of wrestling, I don't know if I'm pretty sure like. If I was a fan of, say, Call of Duty, and a Call of Duty game came out in the story mode looked like this, I wouldn't be buying the game even though I was a fan of Call of Duty. Yeah, you know, yeah ha- and no fair. Be- and because it, you
0: have that expectation of what a
1: AAA game should be, and, and a WWE should like.
0: 2K20 should be a AAA game.
1: Yeah, and, and for the most part, too, those games have always looked fairly well. They looked great and like there's been there was um, you know when when kind of doing stuff to go find the thumbnail when I made the thumbnail there's there's comparison pictures that I think it was 2K18 or 16 or something looks better than this game well and here's the weird thing about that I want to make sure that
0: I keep typing in NBA God my mind is so single track on that for some yeah we reason. almost
1: he almost said NBA in the intro on our first take yeah where he, he messed the intro up for us I did so we had to have a second take but yeah and I think that it's important that I want to get People who listen to our show, I want you in the comments on Twitter, Discord, wherever you may be. And that you can access to talk to us. I want you to tell us if you're a fan of wrestling, is this acceptable for you, or do you not care? Well,
0: that, well, well that'll end up being a community's take question. Is if you're a fan of wrestling, does this, deter, does this def- deter your wanting of getting it? But we'll get to that in a minute. I mean, I do want to talk a little bit more about this. Well, this
1: man just stole my just stole my question and made a community's take. We'll do it then. <laughs> well,
0: but th- but it's a good community's
1: take. It is, I guess. Yeah. So,
0: I mean, sorry, but at the same time, it, it fits the main topic. We need content. Sorry. <laughs> well, look, I have I have something I was wanting to get. Into. Into with this, and it goes into the thing of, from everything I've seen, what we're laughing at and what we're joking about, and, and I mean this to the extent of, p- please, please go watch go, go. this.
1: Like I didn't, I, I, didn't watch the video. I've seen plenty of memes and screenshots about it. Brett maybe watched the video, and that's where I found out how bad the writing and voice acting was in this game.
0: And it's more about like I'm. S- and you need to watch it because it's just much worse. But I'm going to tell you what. There's a dumb scene that goes down. And one of the girls, this is like a, this is back in a flashback of high school. And it looks terrible. Is that what that is? Yes. This is what it's supposed to be. That's why they are where they are. This is a flashback to their high school years. And this girl's getting bullied or whatever, and she stands up from her table and says, I'm going to take that marker, bring it to your grandmother's nursing home, and cross out parts of her chart so when the nurse goes to give her turndown service, they won't know to flip her over.
1: That's right, I'm going to give your grandmother bed sores. Like, come on, what is that? Like, I get it that it's WWE and her writing is outlandish. <laughs> I get it. And I'm not trying to compare this game to a cinema per, like perfection of, of a Sony first party game. I'm just, this isn't even up to my normal standards. But here's the flip side of that and what I was getting into.
0: I am curious, and I'm trying to look for that right now, as to whether this is specifically if these graphics and all of this stuff, and like Saul didn't even mention that in the background, if you look in the faces, they look like they're faces that don't emote at all. They're flat textures that are just on a body, uh, and they look ridiculous. You'd have to just watch the whole cutscene to see what we're talking about and how bad it looks. But the weird thing about it is, I have a feeling, and I really hope that this is the case, that this is only these graphics are only held within the story mode. I would hope that's, that the remainder of the game, the primary thing that people play these games for, which is just getting in there with two characters, going into the, the thing, and just playing it, looks better than this.
1: Uh, that's all I was saying earlier is that there's there is comparisons with character models for multiplayer alone. A famous wrestler is like um, The Rock, and yes. um, I can't think of the other guy's name. He has real short buzz head. Um, but they showed comparisons of them and the previous games, and you can tell a difference. Now, It like, but yeah, that's what I was saying. The story mode definitely looks worse than the actual competitive mode, which is good because I know that a lot of the wrestling fans, they're going to do the story mode one and done like a Madden game. Yeah, I don't, play, if they I don't think play. I've ever played Madden story mode twice, ever. I'm never, Ever, ever, ever.
0: Well, and that gets to be the thing of Sports games didn't even start getting actual campaign campaigns
1: until well, this generation no, in the had, real sense. They had well, and What, I, what story I mean by campaigns. that is like
0: NBA, like the 2K games, that like they have a real story with a character with a name yeah, that you play through. And
1: Madden 18 was the first Madden game to do that with like a Friday Night Lights style story, which is actually really cool. Yeah. But And
0: I think FIFA does it as well.
1: And so, that's cool too. Yeah, like that, that adds an extra layer for those that want it. The and, 2K I
0: mean, games for WWE, though, I do think have more often than not had campaign scenarios because they're easy to do. I understand that it is weird that there'd be such a discrepancy between what the multiplayer or what the single player story driven thing looks like in comparison to the normal brawling and play modes. And it does give you this question of like, how does this, my bigger thing here is that like we have NBA 2K20 uh, that just topped the entire year's best-selling games yeah, and topped the charts for September despite some of the fact they got there. But that flack was more like, well, it's a, it's a separate story mode. It's not even a story mode. It's a separate game mode that many players may not even mess with. And even though it's slightly unfair to them, it's whatever. But then when you get into this, aren't you just kind of souring the 2K moniker? for sports games pretty much if you look at nba 2k20 and you see it and you're looking and saying okay this game looks good it's got a well-done story mode it looks graphically great has great performance big actors in it uh that there you go because i think idris elba uh is you know the guy who played in well you know Idris Elba. Yeah, he's in a lot of things uh anyway he uh, i think he's in nba 2k20 story mode if i'm remembering correctly that's kind of cool um which doesn't mean i'm not saying that these games have to have that but it's just a show of the level of care that one series gets while the other one doesn't uh and WWE getting this treatment seems so odd to me because one thing I do, I will say is I understand that in these games, the, the user generated characters or whatever, the characters that you can go in and make yourself never look as good as the real models. And they can't, no game has ever had character created models look as good as the in-game models because they have to handle so many yeah. different... Custom textures. yeah. Face shapes, because these games go in like kind of like the skate games do. You can sit there and change the way your face looks, how fat it is, what yeah. skin color or like you Dark have. Souls, like you
1: can make yourself look not even human. Yes, exactly.
0: So people go through and make like a red dude uh, who looks like he's got a propane tank for an arm or some weird crap. And maybe yeah. it's not that ridiculous, but I've seen some pretty crazy things that Jonathan, uh, our buddies over at shenanigans and such have made uh, during their things. And it does lead to a point of like, I understand that your, your self-made character can't look that good, but why do the rest of the characters were obviously pre-rendered? Why do they look so drastically different? Why does the writing seem that much worse? I know that the right, I know that writing for wrestling is meant to be, wild like salsa it's meant to be outlandish but there's a level of how how much it is it's like it's always over dramatic but it's not normally this ridiculous and
1: well yeah i was gonna say like wrestling in itself is a very over dramatic and dramatized kind of show even though some people don't like to admit it that it's all scripted and everything it is yeah, obviously I mean, it's, and
0: I, I call it I, I call it the most uh, it's a, not a bad
1: thing that it's scripted though no it, it's
0: essentially a soap opera for men.
1: Pretty much, yeah. That's actually a permanent. And way I mean, and,
0: and that's not even fair to say because I mean, obviously, women like it. But what I mean by that is, it's something that's more widely accepted by definitely the youth too, because people get into it as kids. It's essentially a soap opera based around fighting, um, and it is all scripted and everything. So, I, I get that that's one of those things, but I feel like it's never this bad. Yeah. But the weird thing is, is, by me me calling it a soap opera, this this writing actually feels like a soap opera's writing. This seems like something weird that you'd see in like Days of Our Lives. Where it's like, oh, you were killed, but guess what? Your doctor's actually your husband, and he put his brain into someone else. What?
1: Yeah, and like honestly, they can like for Halloween, wrestling can really have some potential in there to knock into that. Yeah, Yeah. but of course, uh, I think they like to they want to retain even a serious moniker, even though it's being dramatic. So, well,
0: this is okay. This is a good comparison point. You you've seen stuff for Greedfall, right? Yeah, Greedfall is a game that environmentally looks pretty solid, uh, and character models of course in games like that the character models look a little less than wanting to be desired but the armor looks pretty good around them surprisingly so you can, you see where a game that's not a triple A game is a double A game with a much smaller potential fan base um, and well, a much smaller marketing budget definitely uh, when you're looking at that it, what, what I mean is that WWE it comes with an attached fan base Greedfall and Spiders don't definitely because Spiders does not have a huge history of making great
1: games oh I thought you were saying the reverse of that
0: no, no, no. I mean, okay. the Greedfall has such a small potential group of people who are going to come in day one because of Spiders. Greedfall is not an established IP. Right. Spiders is not a very well-beloved studio because Absolutely they have not. interesting ideas, but they're often poorly done, like fun. we said. So when you look at that, the fact that Greedfall comes out and ha- and it looks better environmentally than this game does in its story mode. It looks better character model-wise than this game does. Across the board, it's just like, what happened here? Especially How does a game I, of this level hit
1: 2K us? being involved into this. Yeah. It just shows that they don't really care anymore because they know that these fans are going to pay the money for it. And that they're going to play them year after year after year. And it's just a cash cow. Or if it
0: was something on the development side of 2K, not realizing how bad the story mode was coming along, but now they're the where they have to keep it. Seems unlikely. I know that it's real easy for us to want to go towards. And it's also, it's it's obvious that publishers in their own interest would say, why put a lot of money into a story mode? If people are going to buy the game and play the rest of it anyway, you know, you get into a weird thing. I understand that. Uh, but you know, I, I guess I'm not trying to say like this game at $60 is probably still going to be worth it, even with the story mode, to plenty of people. It does make you see a very lopsided treatment of AAA games within the same publisher and within the same style of games. NBA 2K20. And WWE 2K20. I think that those are the only two sports series that 2K actually does um, anymore. 2K used to do baseball, but they got pushed out in the only baseball professional Wasn't, level series that does it now is Sony's exclusive uh, or PlayStation. It's MLB still Sony, The Show. But MLB The Show is the only one now. Uh, I think that the 2K sports only do those two things. I don't think they do anything else, um, which is interesting. I guess it, it gets you to that thing of How is that happening that one game sits... And part of it would be expectations of money. NBA is probably going to make more money because it's just a bigger sport, I would imagine. Yeah. Uh, And it's more profitable from different things like... um, brand um what do they call those brand deals essentially like sponsorships that they can have you know when you're playing a game like basketball nike and adidas and all these shoe companies are coming in different clothes companies are coming in and saying hey we'll do this and we'll be in the game and uh, you'll be like kind of a free form of advertisement for us and we'll we'll have a, a partnership there whereas 2k doesn't really have that as much because the wrestlers don't come out wearing nikes and stuff no, it's not yeah. really like that it's a different kind of sport
1: i think that they themselves are the brand
0: Yes. That's a good way to do it. Yeah. It's that they're branding the their wrestlers. It's why you see people walking around wearing like John Cena shirts. Yeah. And way more of a I'd say a way more density. You see people wearing their favorite wrestlers uh, arms like uh, John Cena this green armband he used to wear people could buy those. You yeah. got a shirt that had John Cena on it saying you can't see the wrestling me. toys. Yeah, wrestling toys and stuff like that. Whereas I feel like it's a lot less often that you see people wearing their favorite basketball player shirt and stuff because Well those are jerseys too. Yeah, and no not wrong it exists. Yeah. But I feel like it's a little bit more on the side you, of wrestling. And you really only see it around how they monetize it at least.
1: Yeah, like if the Cowboys were doing better, you'd see a lot more people in cowboy jerseys out and about around here That's but are not That's <laughs> and true. And you know football is in high gear right now with it being football season, and I've seen a couple of people walking around in jerseys, jet jerseys, which is weird. I've seen two different people in Texas, Canada wearing jet jerseys. We're nowhere near New York. Yeah, it's weird. Um, not saying you can't like jets and live in Texas, Canada, but it's just like I wonder if they knew each other because it's just I've never seen that. But yeah, they get a lot from their t-shirts and their brand deals, and then of course with games like this too, it's all pie for the pudding. Also, don't forget pay per view. Events.
0: Yes, yes, that's yes, definitely a thing. Uh, so anyway, when you're looking across all this, it does just look like there's a weird discrepancy of that. Uh, definitely what I thought was true was true. 2K has been dwindled down to be only um, WWE and uh, NBA. So... I, I guess, to me, it's that it's setting a weird expectation between that. 2K's already got kind of gets some stuff every now and then for their publisher. They were the publisher behind Borderlands 3, which did catch some PR flack, though. It does not seem to
1: have affected sales at all. Yeah. So good for them. It's more so of an outsider looking in as like that kind of game. Because, like I said, the fans are not really going to care about this. Yeah, There's but There's going to be just... a group of fans that do. Yeah. But for the most part, yeah, they, they, this is going to be a very kind of common thing. You know what? I, I'm I curious think, about I one think thing. I going to be even more common coming years later. I
0: want to say that someone told me that 2K19, and I can't remember who it was. I want to say someone told me that 2K19 launched at $50. And if so, that's going to change me up a little bit here. God, why do I keep doing this?
1: <laughs> oh, NBA 2K20 is what he's looking at on yes. GameStop.com. By the way, okay, no, it is a sixty-dollar game. Uh, and it's the reason sixty dollars? Well, no, this is 2K20. Oh, yeah, that's right, that's right. That's the right. reason
0: I say that is that it's unlikely that 2K19 came out at fifty. Uh, and the reason I kind of bring that in is Greedfall comes out at fifty. You're right. It's a double a game. And I wondered if the pricing was set up to where maybe this game was coming out at $40. And part of the reason that this was happening is they were trying to make this game more affordable to reach more people. But that also meant that some of the quality things took a little bit of a dive in in an effort of moving it from a triple a game with a triple a price point to a double a game with a double a price point. Yeah. And that would have changed my opinion on this a little bit. I do still think that this is a pretty drastic thing. And I, I, like like Saul said, I want to see y'all's thoughts on these things because it's, it's so weird that I just... I, I It's weird that I know that this game is still going to sell well, but how well compared to what it could? That's something that we'll probably never know. Yeah. It's just, it's impossible. But we can at least ask our little community what their thoughts are. Yeah. And I, I'd go as far as to say... Like we were saying, so Saul's question is going to be the the crux of the of the the community stake question here. It's going to be you know if you're a fan of wrestling and and you typically buy the games, does seeing what you're seeing here deter you at all from buying the game, or at least make you a little bit more you know hesitant hesitant to buy the <laughs> game? Thank you. Uh, and then past that, even if you aren't a fan of wrestling, if there was a game series that you'd always love that suddenly took this sharp of a of a dive in quality would you still consider it? Would you still it? consider it by or can still consider buying it and at a full price that it's always been. Um, so we're going to leave it with that one. We didn't see much else going on in the news that we really wanted to talk about big
1: time on. And this is just a fun topic. It's, yeah. it's fun to have these shorter, kind of more lighthearted topics uh, to talk about. We know it's a good change for you guys as well. Um, but yeah, thanks everybody for coming out to episode one thirty-four. Be sure that if you liked our content, like it and let us know. And if you disliked it, dislike it and let us know why. You know We're open to change, and uh, if you're on podcast services, get involved over there as well, and um, yeah, consider hopping in our patron. You get some early content, you get some exclusive content every three months, if you're a patron for three months in a row, and you get your name in the credits of the video, just like right now. Brett, let him know. Woo-woo!
0: Thanks to our patrons Dan Barber I don't know why I just
1: did the ICP Whoop whoop <laughs> I'm curious too Because I don't know If people realize That this is also A live segment of the show <laughs>
0: Yeah I bet they don't Anyway He's Dan ran. Barber Josh Jarrell Matthew Green My name is Dan Douglas Below, Sean Santarude Eric McAllister Matt Sycamore Funk Turkey Shadowist Steven Salazar The Stoner Travis Blow Eduardo Palomino Stefan Swanland Coy Live Philip LaGuerre Corey Hickerson Brian Donovan Williams William Digital Spooker Derek Porter, Josh Ayers, Brandon Edwards, Sean One Neo, Tyler Powers, and Dylan Kirby. If you would like to support the show and get extra content, free content, early content, all that stuff, go check out our Patreon. It's patreon.com slash Gaming or click the link down in the description below. And it's not nartech Gaming. I'm sorry. It's patreon.com slash nartech. Thank you.